0: Hello, and welcome to the Ireland on the Fly podcast about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland. For this latest episode, we're turning our attention to salmon and the River Moy, the grills run on Ireland's most prolific river set to begin in earnest in the coming weeks. Paddy MacDonald is one of the most experienced guides and fly casting instructors who covers the Moy and the Northwest region, and he joins us with some insights into the different aspects of the Moy system and tips on how to fish it. Plus, we delve a bit into the why rather than just the how of salmon fishing. But before we hear from Paddy, now, Tom, I know you're a brown trout angler, obviously, but you've never actually fished the Moy, which isn't a million miles from you there.
1: Yeah, I think you're a bit shocked at that. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I haven't. I've been up there plenty of times. I've never fished it. Um, I suppose my, my thing is always trout and any, any salmon fishing that I do tends to be on the, on the lakes here. I did bit on the lake here and I do I like I like Ina and and Kylemore the lakes and Connemara. So I haven't done a huge amount of river fishing for them. Now I keep meaning to I keep meaning to and of course my excuse is that I'm always busy. So that's my excuse but um yeah I've had chances and it's it's on my bucket list to do. Um and I, I wouldn't be, it was really interesting to talk to Paddy there because with that there's so much more fly water that I wasn't hugely aware of but even I, I'd be willing just to go up and try it with any methods with the spinning or the worm as it's done on places because...
0: I don't, I just, say that, no. don't say that now,
1: don't say that. Just try it now, no, you know. Jesus, I, Jesus bless man, yourself, I, I, man, know, I haven't said that. I know this is Ireland on the fly and everything, <laughs> but yeah, no, just to, just to get efficient, but yeah, I would love, love to to get a look at, uh, at more of it, but um, yeah, it's it's on the bucket list, and it, as you say, it's a really close bucket list. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going
0: to say, like, my bucket list, is, bucket list is Greenland, Alaska, New Zealand. <laughs> Yeah, this well, is the but, money across yeah, the border. Yeah, like.
1: but, yeah, listen, listen. If you're gonna have a bucket list, have a few simple ones. And on really, yeah, like, you know, if you've cheered an ogre in your bucket list, you know, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> never set the bar too high. And by the way, actually, while I'm on to you, I meant to say this to you you're gonna hit one of those bucket lists. You're going to Greenland.
0: Oh, yes, yes, actually, yeah. yes, I'm going there in August, so two months and counting. Wow, um, I am very jealous. I cannot wait. Arctic char. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's I just yeah, I can't wait. And I'm actually thinking of bring I don't know. I'm actually I'm I'm in two minds. I was thinking of bring the, the zoom recorder, you know, to actually record what it's like over there, but then the other half of me thinks just fish it like, you know, and this, actually, yeah, and, and this is yeah. actually enjoy Yeah, and this is actually I'm gonna go off on a tangent here. My biggest gripe, and I think I re- I said it to George McGrath, I don't know whether it was at the fair or on the interview. Yeah. This this whole thing now of anglers that we have to be out recording everything, whether it's a GoPro, whether it's a microphone. And it actually, did you see the, 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 the PGA, USPGA? Did you see that picture of Tiger yeah. Woods? There's a brilliant picture doing the rounds, Tiger Woods teeing off in the USPGA and, you know, there's the usual crowd of whatever a hundred behind them in the gallery, you know, yeah, every, every single one of them was there with their phone. And there's a one guy standing right behind them no phone in his hand, just holding a can of beer, just watching the golf ball. And this is the, we were saying like, you know, and it's, it's a bit like that. I think is it's like, suddenly we have to be always, you know, recording, doing whatever. And I've been tempted to, and it's the one thing I actually make the point of when I do go fishing is I do not bring the recorder. I did it once in the drowse, and I was just—you know—you are worrying about the levels and the mic and the cables, and I was just like, I actually just threw it in the car. Like, I got so I think, annoyed at it. Like,
1: yeah, no. Uh, what I would say to you here is here is the thing now. Buckle is two trips to Greenland. First one without the Zoom <laughs> recorder, and second one with the recorder. But no, I would agree with you. I mean, even the odd time, like because you know I do articles done articles, having a camera in the boat and having to take pictures, it really just throws you really just throws you where, where the focus is suddenly on get, as you said, getting right couple of pictures, making sure I have that. Yeah. Whereas when the focus is just the fishing, that's, that's what you yeah. want.
0: Now at first, I don't mind like with the phone, you know, I'll always have the phone on fishing and just take a picture. I always take a picture, you know, of fish caught, you know, just my own record. Mm. And I love showing the, the boys. And then I, I also just take a picture of the river and the conditions because it's always my kind of, when I, at the end of the month, when I kind of need to write in the diary, of my fishing trips, that's yeah. I use my phone as kind of the record. I Go, oh yeah, I was on the shore on Friday, whatever, and this is Which what is, it was. Like. Yeah,
1: it's a good, it's a good way of keeping them because, and you can just check time
0: and everything. Yeah exactly. But that's it. Like, yeah, I don't know. But then I'm thinking, like, I'm going to Greenland for like nine days. You know, it's maybe one of the days I'll do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll think about it. Be Thanks, great. Brother. Be a great episode.
1: Yeah, it would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, more for it if you're up for it. But uh, yeah, but anyway, see, and it's good, like that, there's a, a really high place bucket list. And then, you know, I, which I have Greenland there as well, but I also have the Moy. And uh, we're back to him, and after chatting about it, he was really interested in chatting to him about, you know, uh, taking of spring salmon and that we have to keep a bit of, bit of a mind on conservation, and like he said mm-hmm. for future generations. So yeah, he's very thoughtful. and Really moved by his most memorable
0: fish. I yes, yes. Very moving. Yeah, and I, actually, yeah, if everybody could keep listening to it, if you haven't noticed by now, kind of our last question to each guest now is uh, what's the most memorable fish? And I love all the different stories that we've been getting. And Yeah. Uh, yeah, Paddy's one. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that, like, but it was. Yeah.
1: No, I wasn't expecting, but, you know, it was very moving. But yeah, yeah well, no,
0: it was good. We should look, let's hear from Paddy McDonald now to get his insights on the River Moy. And I first asked him how the season has been going so far
2: this year it's been i'd say a particularly poor enough spring run of salmon this year um but it has been sort of a downwards trend with the spring salmon over the last number of years mm. uh and this could have been quite slow now there's been an improvement recently uh the last now whether that's uh just the tail end of the spring run uh, that used to be or not but uh yeah there's a slight uh, improvement the last uh eight, seven or eight days you know so it's been. This, whereas there's been fish caught, and it's been, uh, you know, in patches. It's been okay. Overall, I would put down as relatively poor season so far. You know?
0: But we're coming into the kind of the main run now, the grills run, the next few weeks. Really yeah, well,
2: so. yeah, we're still, we're still in the for for the likes of the Moy. Anyway, you're still in the main uh, uh, spring season, into the first two weeks of June. You know, mm. uh, this the odd grills have started to run in the last couple of weeks, and that will gradually build through June. Into July, you know, but um, yeah, there's still a couple of weeks left in the in this in, in the spring salmon season.
0: But, and it, in terms of numbers of anglers out, how's it been?
2: yeah, quite a few anglers now. There's uh, a lot of anglers, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's been a big rebound after COVID or whatever, you know. So there's a lot, of, probably a lot of pent-up demand and, and just start to get back out again, you know.
0: Is the Moy your your home river, so to speak? Like.
2: Yeah, the my the, yeah. So like, uh, I suppose years ago when I started guiding, I, I spent nearly half my time on on the lakes and half time on the river. But the last fifteen years, uh, I've nearly spent all my time in the rivers now. I miss the lakes a, a good bit, but
1: not this May, not this May, Paddy. No, seriously, Paddy. Not <laughs> <this May. laughs> I, yeah,
2: I, I was actually up in Cornwall for a day this year. I got away for a day, but. Um, yeah, the Moy is, is sort of my home river and its tributaries, and then we have, you know, six or seven other salmon rivers within, within a short drive of us here. So, you know, and you know except for say, the Newport River, they're all, they're all spate rivers. So uh, a lot of them don't uh, start to get their fish until July, sort of July, August, September. So for the whole season, we sort to have somewhere to have a go at on a mean, depending, that's good because sometimes when the moise and flood, it means the rivers are at a good level in the Spate rivers. So there's a good a good sort of variety and a good backup for people that come. There's always something else to do. You know, we can go to one of the, the Spate rivers, or we can go trout fishing the lake, or we can go fly fishing the pike, or we can go fly fishing the sea. Or... So there's always a sort of a backup, especially, we'll say, if you get very low water conditions or whatever, you know, and uh, there's always something else we can we can
0: go at, you know. And is salmon uh, the first grow for you, Paddy?
2: Uh, yeah, it's a question I get asked an awful lot, <clears throat> uh, and I cannot I cannot pin it down because uh, I can't say I have a favourite, really. Um, you know, like. I was out and I, I was out up in the doors. Uh, as Tom knows, I, I was a member of Cornemore Club for years. And it's 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 my favorite spot in Ireland for fly fishing, you know, uh, for, for trout. It's such a beautiful place. So I was up for a day there and the conditions were, uh, 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 you know, there wasn't a huge hatch of mayfly. Uh, there wasn't a huge um, amount of uh, fish. But we came on a pocket of fish. I, mean, I was out with Kevin Crowley. We came on a pocket of fish feeding uh, there was a little hatch of mayfly just out to the needles and there was a pocket of fish feeding on them and uh geez, we had a, a reasonably good day, you know, so we had I think between us we had 17 or 18 fish and wets uh, and, uh you know, and the days before that, and after that then were very hard going and even on that day if you didn't happen to be in the right place at the right time it was patchy enough, but that's just the way it is with wild fishing, you know it's, it's not going to be perfect all the time and it's very locked into hatches and, you know that
1: that's the story. That's the story exactly the way it's been. You get lucky yeah. one day, Paddy, yeah, and yeah, the next yeah. day, the next day, you wouldn't be lucky. But yeah, just back right. there, just back there, Paddy, where are you from? Where, where was your local water? You,
2: yeah, well, yeah, yeah. so my local river is, is the Moy uh, for salmon, right. and the my local lakes really are Lacan, Lacullen, you know. Lacon, Lacon, you know? Mm. Uh, they'd be my sort of main, the main. Now, we have a few other smaller trout lakes, but uh, Lacan, Lacuna would be the two, uh. My two home waters for, for for trout fishing, as such, you know.
1: And then the Moy, then the Moy for salmon. So you were the on the Moy for
2: salmon. And also, yeah, some of the tributaries, of the Moy, the Guestian. I would fish, i fish the Guestian quite a bit for salmon uh, years ago. And, uh, you know, there's a couple other, see, the Moy system is unusual in, 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 in that it's quite a big system because you have you have the two lakes feed into the Moy, and you have a Salmon River, the Bellevue River comes off Loch Cullen, and you have the River Deal, which comes off Loch Conn. So the Moy really is, is quite unique in the way that it's almost like three separate types of salmon rivers in one. So, you know, downstream from where the lake water comes in, it's it's, it's a lake fed river. Hmm. And uh, that means really that the salmon, you know, stay in a taking mood for a lot longer and the conditions stay good for longer. And whereas the higher up you go up in the Moy, it becomes more of a spate river, you know, where the, the level goes up and down very quick, the more you head up towards Bannon up the top of it. So... Um, yeah, it's it's, it's 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 quite a big system overall, you know.
1: How how many like roughly how many miles would you reckon of fishable water there is? Okay, so I
2: suppose <clears throat> if we're talking about fly fishing, so you have you know you have the Beats of Belenay, which are you know two or three you know the pools, the cathedral pool and the ridge pool or whatever spring wells, actually pool. Uh, but then the, I suppose that the majority of the uh, of of the fly fishing. Um, Water would be upstream of Foxford in, in East Meo water where they have, they have about nine miles river in East Mio, And there's a, probably at least, probably six to seven of that is, is fly fly water, you know.
1: And, would it be that uh, much, Paddy? You see, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, this is great. I'm really enjoying this because, like, mm. I've never actually fished the all, So yeah. I, I, I wasn't aware that there was, yeah, I haven't. Did you look? Yeah, there's, haven't. Loads
2: of, there's loads yeah. and loads of really nice fly water in East Mio. Yeah, and uh, uh, like it's you know it's there's nine there's 90 name pools in East Meo, and uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of nice fly water uh, in it for sure. Yeah, mm. East Meo uh, is unusual in that you know the the, the one of the main tributaries the Why comes in about halfway down the East Meo water, uh, the River question. Right. and it's it's also like two different rivers and different levels of water. Uh, but below the River Gweecean, the, the river stays up for an extra couple of days because of the River grecian And upstream of it the River it goes down Gwieschen, lower. It, it's it's more spacey So, mm. and that's just from, and and, and the East new Muyanga stretch alone. So, it it, it, it it can be quite a variance of where you can fish on any given day, depending on whether you're fishing on East me or above the River grecian or you're fishing below it. You know.
1: Right. And another thing, actually, I heard, and this is because I'm going all by hearsay now, but yeah. the, from the different tributaries and the, let's say, you, you'd you be able to tell where a certain salmon is from in the Moy, that there's different shapes. I've heard this, that there's different shapes of salmon, that there's some of them that are short and thick or from a certain tributary or, let's say, the Gwetian <coughs> or whatever, and that there's other shaped salmon. Is that is that so? Yeah, uh, there would be.
2: Uh, sometimes you could tell, uh, but, like, even, you know, I mean, I'm sure you know Dr. Paddy Gerrigan and... Uh, and mm. uh, like you know, we have at least six, if not seven, uh, distinct strains of fish comes up the Moy. So you have the fish that comes, uh, the early fish that comes into the River Deal and the Balavire River, and then you have the fish that go up the the the, the So so you have three other rivers after that. You have the Glor, the pulla you know, and uh, 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 and the Trimog. You, you go up in and you're in the, the Mullaghanore Charleston River. You have the Clare River, you know. So
1: like there's a lot of of um, distinct so uh, uh all those all those rivers that you just mentioned there yeah could you could you can you fish them no
2: so, so some of them are, are, are
1: like you know the,
2: the, the like spawning are, just
1: are, spawning head yeah, yeah
2: yeah even yeah. now even the pollen it's actually possible to catch you know salmon and, and the likes of the trim and the pollock in in june because salmon so early fish to go up into those rivers because i've caught them trout fishing there in 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 in, in uh in may and june uh, but usually, it's it's they're regarded as sort of nurseries, and no one would would fish them specifically for salmon, you know. Now, the the Gwishan is the salmon river in its own right. Mm. Uh, you can you know you can legitimately go after salmon on the Gwistan from you know once you get into June July. Uh, it's got a little bit overgrown the last few years or whatever, but um, uh, so then the Cory River gets gets its its, its salmon. Uh, the run up the Koi River later later in the year, you know. You wouldn't be fishing that for salmon river. So um, right. yeah, there's, 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 there's at least six, maybe seven different strains of salmon go up the the Boy system, you know. And I'm, like I'm not even mentioning the Bun Reed, like the Bun Reed and Belnay, uh, uh the, this has its own strain of salmon go up there. They go up that river very late as well, you know. Where is that, Paddy? <clears throat> that's down. That's downstream by the Ridgepool and Cathedral. It's
1: down. It's right oh, in the right. tidal
2: stretch. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Approximately. Yeah. But come here, that other river that flows in below the ridge Pool. Paddy. Yeah, can you actually fish that one? Uh,
2: I think I think it's closed at the moment. Of uh, I haven't fished there for a good number of years. Uh, I I have a feeling that it's actually closed. I don't think it's even open for catch and release at the moment. I right. think it's possibly closed at the moment. Right, no, not, I'm not 100 sure, but uh, I have fished it in the past. Yeah. Oh yeah, so it's it's
1: obviously it's a fishable piece of water. It's a, fish, it's a fishable piece of water. Yeah, 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 for sure. And, and another thing, then on the question, is the question Open or is it private or is it like is it day tickets or what's the what's no no the
2: the question in itself uh, and uh, all its tributaries are all free fishing are so they gets, yeah you get quite a few guys uh, you know they're trout fishing or whatever you know and uh, it's that that's that's uh, free
1: fishing paddy I was just wondering there I, I remember a couple of years ago that the average size of the grills seemed to go down they went very small on the moor. Remember yeah. that, like they were going, like you're getting grills at three, maybe even two pounds. Was
2: that? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the the actually that that has that has sort of nearly disappeared there for the last two or three years. There's there's hardly any small uh, mm. uh small grills. Uh, like the last couple of years, the quality of the grills was as good as I have ever seen it. Uh, all right so it's it's, they've actually just come they've come back to yeah yeah yeah. there was all there's always you know a a proportion of those small little two three pound grills or whatever uh but uh the last couple of years the quality i have to say the quality of the grills was outstanding you know and a lot of grills in that sort of five six pound bracket you know uh, with with occasional seven pounder and yeah very good quality grills that i have a i have a a sneaky suspicion that the grillstone of the Moy is gradually improving over the last four or five years. Uh, do you? I, I, I do. I, I, have, I have that sort of uh, uh, feeling that it is It is uh, gradually getting better. I'm, I'm seeing pods of fish coming through. The, you know, years and years ago, you will see pods of grills coming through all day. Little groups of 10 or 12 grills going through, going through. Right. And I haven't seen that for years. and I, I'm beginning to see that occasionally some days now again. So right. I do, I do get that feeling that at at,
1: at least holding their own and maybe the run in, increasing slightly. Well, that's really good to hear. Yeah, uh, yeah. And with regards, like the smaller ones, do you have any idea what that was brought about? What why did the size plummet? Is there any notions or well, ideas? Well, histor-
2: historically, you know, uh, you know, you know, you um, know, there was. Uh, there was draft nets and there was drift nets or whatever. So, like a lot of the fish, a lot of the fish that were getting through were the were the smaller fish that could actually get through the nets, because the the drift knits and the draft nets in the river uh, were were catching all the fish above that size. Mm. But that was that, that was a sort of um you know a problem, you know. Andy, can I ask
0: you? um You think of the Moy uh, yeah. and you think of the ridge pool. You know, yeah. Bal and You know, that's the kind of. You know the focal point of it, um, and is that kind of what you, you know people kind of come come to want in terms of you know? I, for me, it's a bit odd. I think you know in the sense of you're shouting to a fellow and you're he's catching a fish, and the next minute you turn around and there's a crowd, you know, watching. Yeah, you know, it's a different type of fishing, isn't it? Like
2: there's a very like you know, and, and the whole uh, and the whole scheme of things and fly fishing in the more the rich pool and cathedral uh, is the smallest part of it really because the vast majority of fly anglers are up fishing upriver you know um like the the ridge pool can accommodate five anglers and the cathedral i think seven or eight you know like you you could have 35 40 guys fishing in East Meo fly fishing on any given day Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so so you have a lot you have a lot of scope there uh, uh, a lot more scope and a lot a lot more fly water whereas some people like to fish the ridge pool and when when, uh, and cathedral when the river we have very low water conditions uh we have a drought conditions well then you know that's a very good place to be uh, you know the fish could sort of get held up down the estuary and there's fish coming in out of the ridge so it's all down to conditions as well you know and some people like to fish the ridge pool because it was famous uh or whatever historically or whatever and just just to say they fish there or whatever but uh and some people don't mind fishing in the town other people want to fish out in the countryside where they have a more peace and quiet. is very much down to individual preference as well, you know.
0: It's kind of iconic though, isn't it? Like you can't you know, when you hear the Ridge Pool, it's a bit like oh we we're in it, isn't it? A bit like yeah, that. Yeah, well, it? I
2: suppose you know, the Ridge Pool, you know, it's 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 government run or whatever, and you know, it has been probably got more promotion than 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 other clubs might have got up
0: river or whatever, you know. So and what about Balnais? Like, is there's a real sense? Like, is the salmon festival going to be happening there again this year?
2: It's yeah, the salmon festival ran for years and years. There was a very big event, and uh, I'm not so sure. Is it, uh, I haven't heard. Is they're going to start it up again uh, with COVID and everything? I suppose everything is probably knocked back or whatever. So uh, it's been nice to see uh, uh, the festival in in in, in going again. Also, they had a, a very good festival in in, in Foxford on the Mayo. As well and hopefully that one in on Foxwood will uh mm. maybe get up and going again. So um yeah, at the moment that the I haven't heard anything, but hopefully that both festivals, Bel and Foxwood, may well start up again to be really good, you know?
0: There's a real kind of I like, I get that sense of like kind of it's like a culture fit, you know, in terms of salmon in the air, it's something that they're really trying to sell nearly as a kind of a as a destination isn't it now i know obviously it's, it's in in visiting anglers minds isn't it it's they just associate there salmon that's the region for it like
2: yeah well like you, you know i i so i'm 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 based in in fox i used to work with maloney's lodge in foxford and, and like every morning there or whatever it's like the united nations you have people from every country in europe and from america and you name it from all over the world and uh yeah, so it's it's a really it's a it's 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 quite well known internationally and we got a, a lot of international anglers, fly anglers coming to fish in the moy and fish the local rivers. i not actually fish Lac like Conn and like Conne as well. Mm, and mm. Uh, they'll come and they'll stay they'll stay in Foxford and they'll or Belnair, whatever, and they'll fish con calling to fish the moy. They might go and fish the carb for a day and they'll fish the mask for a day. So some people just wanted to concentrate on salmon fishing, some people trout and some people like a mixture so it, 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 it you know it's down to what the individual uh clients or, or guests want to do you know did jack
0: charlton help at the time
2: yeah i actually knew jack quite well i used to meet him fairly regularly in the ridge pool and he was a real character you know and i suppose he brought another level of interest you know uh you know people that would have no interest in in, in fishing or salmon fishing sort of took an interest just because jack was in benlair or because he was in the ridge pool or whatever so it was a uh, it's sort of, uh, yeah, the tooling up quite well, you know.
0: And, he, like, he used to come over every summer, did he? Like when Well, he well Jack
2: out? had a house in Bellinare, you know. So, he had yeah. a house for, for, for quite a while in Bellinare. And he was in there quite a bit, and he loved his fishing. So, yeah, it was sad to see him pass away or whatever. And, uh, you know, he's very well taught around Bellinare, yeah.
0: Yeah, you yeah, know, hundred, and I think it's great to see when you have public figures like that, isn't it? Like kind of espousing an area, you know, and that they like, seeing they have a holiday home. It just creates that kind of uh, awareness. Yeah, like,
2: yeah, anglers have have anglers get a draw for a place, the they, they get a liking for a place. Like, so some of my friends from from down this part of the country. For years and years, Tom was us for at least twenty years in a row. We went to Cornamona every year, yeah. we a week a week or, or, or ten days fishing there, and and you get a grow of the place. Like and you know, I've, as I said, I was up, for, I got a, a day away this year to fish, and some of my mates are still going there to this day. They have their weeks holidays in Cornamona and they fish off the doors, and. Uh, you just get attached to a place, and it's 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 the combination of the of the fishing and the beauty of the place and the people and the atmosphere. It's not it's more than just the fishing as well. It's 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 a, it's, it's it's a complete thing, you know.
0: And yeah, that's what I get that sense. It's it, it, it's a that kind of cultural thing, you know. It's yeah, yeah you're yeah. coming to his place. But I I remember at the same time when I went down to to Cornamona uh, fishing with yourself, you just got that sense of it was just it was in the blood around it was in the air you know the air like there you know the people were soaking it up like you know. yeah, yeah
2: even the people like because the same around you know and uh, Swinford and the moy even even people who don't actually fish themselves have an interest in it or they're always asking what the fish is like or whatever or the fly is up or you know what's happened you know so there's it's it's it's, it's in the genetics of the locality if, you, if if you
1: like you know well it's yeah. so important to a locality. In a way of You know, it really is. It's so important. And not just I and I don't mean that in a in economic everything. It's you know it's a feel
2: it's, it's a feel good factor because yeah. you know there's guys, you know, the guys come on stay and they they go to the local pubs or they go to an Irish music section or whatever mm. and actually make friends with people that are you know, in the locality that aren't even division or whatever, just some the sheer fact that they're coming year on year for a long number of years to sort of uh, they, they
1: become think, yeah. like one, they become compared to the furniture almost you know yeah there's a classic case here I don't know the, the week that you used to come the week beforehand the Welsh lads used to always come and Perfect, yeah. they got they got so caught up with the, the locals here the guys yeah. who don't fish but every year yeah. they have a darts game in Wales yeah yeah, yeah, the, yeah. so the O'Malley's team will go over and, and sometime in October and have a darts game against their local pub in South Wales that's
2: right. That's For really them, good. Yeah, yeah. Boys, really good. Them boys used to stay out in Rushine Bay, near rushing Bay, wasn't it? Uh,
1: uh Yeah. Yeah. They used to go out from Peter Welch's place. Yeah, because
2: the, 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 my, my mates, I think they, they were they were in the same place this year. So we were, were launching out of Roisin. It was very handy, you know. So, uh, oh, yeah.
1: you were Yeah, yeah. They did yeah. stay in Yeah, they did. Yeah. And they were there the week before you, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's the, a lov- it's, a lo- it's a lovely spot. lovely yeah. spot. Great yeah. spot yeah uh, paddy tell me in terms of the guiding side of it how did you get into it
2: well i suppose uh i started off uh when i was very young i suppose i was, it was just people just asking me would the, would i take them salmon fishing or would i take them trout fishing or whatever and i sort of started off when i was a teenager and did it sort of uh i'll be taking you know chunks of two weeks here two weeks there bring them people fishing here and there at different times of the year and so I did that for years and years and years, and I was always self-employed so I could organise my other work around doing that. And uh, I suppose about 20 years ago, I then sort of went at it properly, you know.
0: Mm. So you're full-time? Yeah, yes, for the season, yeah. Wow, that's, uh, and how, have you found it in terms of, like, you know, you know, in terms of trying to, you know, what, you know, if the fishing's poor or patchy, how do you find that in terms of trying to get that balance right, you know, in terms of... Get, <laughs>
2: Well, I see. I suppose, with experience, I suppose. I remember when I was younger, I I, I would be, you know, you get very frustrated for for on, on the guest part or whatever, you know. But as you get older, you become more accepting of the conditions. So, you you fish to, you fish to suit the conditions to the best of your ability, and that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. That's all you can do. So, you, whatever whatever method uh, or whatever technique or whatever tactic that you know, suits the conditions best. Well, then you go with that and whatever happens, happens then because you have no control after that. All you can all you can do is sort of remove any obstacles that might be in the way of someone maybe being successful. And then all you can do is fish. And if you're successful, great. And if you're not, well, that's wild fishing. There's, there's, wild the, fishing. there's, no, there's no circle around it. So what can be frustrating for visiting anglers maybe that might be used to fishing for stock fishing, in the rivers or stock fishing reservoirs or whatever, where they're maybe used to, you know, uh, fishing for rainbows or whatever, which are obviously hungry all the time. Uh, when you're fishing for wild fish, wild fish don't exactly, uh, you know, operate to the same code. And that can be quite difficult. But, you know, when you gradually explain and want to get a full understanding of what wild fishing is, you know, then they either like it or they don't or whatever. Some people just like fishing for wild fish and whatever, and some people are just not suit. And, but at the end of the day, once you, you sort of have your tactics sort of right, then whatever happens happens. That's all you can do, and you you, you know you, you squeeze whatever enjoyment you you know you can have a very enjoyable day, uh, salmon fishing or trout fishing, and maybe not catch too much or whatever. Because is that the other thing is you can learn because a lot of the people I have are sort of beginners or intermediates, so you're all the time teaching, you're teaching fly casting technique, you're teaching fishing technique, and it doesn't have to be a waste of day just because you don't get to fish. They, you know, you're trying to pass on knowledge or skills or whatever to somebody. So yeah. it can be, a, they can learn more in a day when they don't catch anything than a day that could catch three or four or whatever, you know.
1: Actually, Paddy, just as like you said, you do, you do quite a bit of instruction, don't you? You do quite a lot. Quite yeah, a lot
2: I, I teach fly casting every day. So yeah. 99% of my work is, is basically teaching fly casting because in uh, salmon fishing, fly casting well it's in all forms of fly fishing (coughs) uh, casting is important but it can be really important in salmon fishing because we're fishing bigger flies a lot of the time and we're having to cast slightly longer distances and cope with very difficult conditions uh, and sinking tips and sinking lines so it's a it's a big big change for someone to change from single-hand casting to 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 double-hand casting and it's uh, there's a lot of uh, things change
1: yeah, I think you're right. I think you could probably you get away with it, let's say, lock-style fishing. If you reach a certain level, then it's going to get you through 90% of what you need to do for lock-style yeah. fishing. But yeah. I, salmon fishing, it's completely different. And yeah, so
2: if you if you take if you salmon fishing with a single-handed rod, so uh, you, you can, you know, in a lot of rivers you can fish, and even medium-sized rivers, you can fish with a single hand rod. If you match it up, you know, with, with the proper type of line, something like, you know, let's say to commando heads or something that, that are really condensed and, and cast really well you can command a lot of river with a single hand rod your technique has to be that little bit uh, more refined you have to be able to do certain things uh, you have to be able to haul really well but overall really and truly I suppose to cut a long story short salmon fishing really is a efficient is is for a two hand rod you know there, there are some situations where where um, you know you can you know you can fish quite well with single hand rod and some certain conditions suit that but for for the vast majority of your salmon fishing uh, double hand rod is the way to go and even in small even in spade rivers uh, a double hand rod is the way to go because you know you take somewhere we'll say like the own duff will say it's a small spade river but and a lot of the fish is done off the bank but you come across obstructions in the bank if you have a nine, nine, ten foot single-hand rod, you physically can't get in there. There, every some of the pools you can't wait. And whereas if you have a double-hand rod, you can reach over and you can fish those pools, or you can overcast or whatever. It gives you more flexibility. So all things considered, really, ninety-nine percent of your fishing for salmon uh, is double-hand fishing. And and most people have to bite the bullet and say, okay, I, I really need to learn how to to, to cast with a double hand round, you
0: know. I have to say actually yeah, I, I, like Tom would notice, like uh, my preference would be for salmon fishing. And part of it was just the casting. Yes. Because, yes. It, it, because you know 90 million casts out of 100 you're not gonna be cast you. <laughs> but for me, standing there just, you know, just watching the, the movement of the the line, and the, you know, it's, I don't know, it's kind of maybe akin to hitting a, a nice golf shot where you hear that mm. ping, you know. And oh yeah, yeah absolutely. You're watching yeah. it, like you know, yeah,
2: absolutely. So because you know, the one thing about about fly cast with the single hand rod or double hand rod is that there's a certain level of pleasure to be got out of just doing the thing very well, and uh, there's you know, there's lots of different casts we can learn and uh, or whatever, and. You know, as you say, even a day uh, we don't catch a fish, the pleasure of just being able to wade down a river and cast a nice line and cope with difficult conditions, and uh, and uh, there's a certain pleasure to be got at that for in its own sake. You know.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think in comparison to say, Tom, the, the 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 brown trout fisherman, where you know you're you're trying to figure out the the, the problem of the flies. You know, that's the problem, I think. Whereas then for the salmon, it's yeah, I know you're like, (laughs) but step (laughs) cast, step cast, step step (laughs) cast. (laughs) <laughs> there's, there's, I saw. I saw I saying, um, Paddy. I saw this uh, great uh, uh, illustration a couple of years ago in one of the, I think, trout and salmon magazine, and it was a picture of the trout angler brain, and it's all these reference books and Latin terms, and you know all this very complicated yeah, yeah. stuff, and then salmon angler brain, step cast, step cast. Step cast. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I
2: think you know, really, the, the, it's saw trout fishing and salmon fishing. this, this Good technique in, in either trout fishing or salmon fishing. It's all about really doing simple things, but doing them really well. Mm. Uh, so if you can do the simple things really well, uh, you're you're 90% there. Uh, but yeah. there is the rub. The rub is, and the longer you fish and the more you fish, uh, and the more you learn, the more you see, the more you realize it is the simple things done well. Uh, that, that success, you know.
0: But it's, it's time in the water, isn't it, Paddy? Like, it's,
2: time, it's, just... and it's, it's time spent on building up skills or whatever. So, you know, uh, uh, I remember, I think I was listening to one of the podcasts, Tom on about fishing for Canis or whatever. Like, you know, every type of fishing uh, has its own skills. So you get a guy out and he's, he's dry fly fishing in really difficult conditions. So if you have a guy there and he, he isn't able to cast a line without rock on the boat, well, you're in trouble, you know. So, and you'd say to yourself, well, you know, that, that that should be relatively easy. But at the end of the day, it's simple, but you still have to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. So, like, so the guy that would be into that type of fishing or want to learn that type of fishing, he needs to go away and practice until he can do that. So, if, if you have somebody out in the boat or whatever, and, and they're not able to do that, say, well, you know, that's okay. We were all there once, but you need mm-hmm. to go away and practice to do this. So it's the same for salmon if any particular technique and if somebody can't do it, it's no big deal. We all have to learn or whatever, but you need to go away and, and just learn it and just learn to do the simple things really well. And then if you can do that, you're in the game, you know?
0: Can I ask you, Paddy, what's your thoughts on the kind of more um, recent developments um, towards the kind of shorter heads, the shooting head style? Uh, like I've heard of some yeah. people kind of... Like from my perspective, is it's, it's a lot easier for people to take up... Um, the, the, the kind of salmon casting thought isn't it with those shorter heads because you can be casting a good line out in a short amount of time
2: i'm a huge fan of um of short lines in certain situations so i use uh i have a particular fan of the opst commando heads they're actually really really short they're only about 15 18 feet long and that's because a lot of the places i fish and a lot of places salmon anglers fish in Ireland particularly, uh, are spate rivers or small to medium-sized salmon rivers. And a lot of the time we're very, very restricted, um, very restricted casting space. But on top of that, we also have to be using sinking tips and heavy flies. And you combine that with not much room to cast. If you have a line that will cope with all those conditions, uh, well, then you're really, really in the game. So that's why I'm a fan of the, of this of of uh, my favorite line for them type of situations is definitely the OPSD commando heads.
1: Could, uh, can I ask you so? And I ask you this really, and I want to know why do they work? Okay, they work
2: because the, the, all the weight for the casting is condensed into a much shorter distance, right? Yeah. So originally, so these lines were are, are what called micro sketch lines. So. The Skagit lines started to become known around, I suppose, maybe 10 years ago. And they're, they're originally from the Pacific Northwest uh, uh, in the USA and Canada. And they were used for fishing very, very heavy flies with very, very fast sinking tips. Now, the original, you know, and even, even nowadays, some, some of the Skagit lines are, were very heavy and very clunky. They would land in the water and cause a lot of disturbance. But that has been refined quite a bit. And OPST who also, Ed Ward is, one, you know, one of the instigator. Mm-hmm. He was one of the guys that invented uh, the whole Skadges casting style and system or whatever. So he's come up, he, he's come up with lines that have refined the, that whole Skadges system down to that the lines actually uh, are really, really fishable for Atlantic salmon The don't cause very little disturbance. And they still do all the other things. They still cope with very, very fast sinking tips, you know, T-18, T-20s and heavy, the heaviest flies we'd possibly use in Ireland. And also you can use them then for, they're actually very good for fly fishing for pike. You can actually you know, fish wet flies over the over the front of the boat with them as well for salmon or trout. Um, so the short heads, they're really good for all those things. They're probably not very good for dry fly fishing, or they're not very good where you have to be fishing in a big river where you have to be cast casting 40, 45 yards all day. But for most of our Irish fishing, uh, i am a big fan of them uh they're very very versatile and getting back to the guy you know the beginner uh it gets the beginner fishing very very quickly and it helps to give them confidence so a beginner you know it can be a very frustrating process the whole process of learning to 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 fly a cast so the these shorter heads like these commando heads get people and build their confidence very very quickly and it's and if they want to progress then to casting with longer uh, heads and move into full spay lines, they, they have a sort of a stepping stone along the way. You can, you know, as you know, sort of with, with fly casting, you can take it to whatever level you want. So, yep. like, with all the visiting anglers coming to Ireland, like, the biggest problem I find with a lot of the guys and girls is that when they go back home to their home country, they just don't have the time to practice a lot of the time. Uh, and if sometimes if they do have the time, they mightn't have the water nearby or the space to do it or whatever. So a lot of them just just don't don't get the time. And the, the only time they get to fish is when they're actually here. So if you have a sort of a line system that gets them fishing straight away, well, then they're definitely in the game then, you know.
0: There's a bit of snobbery to with though, Paddy, isn't there, like in terms of... Uh, in in fly
2: casting, is it? Our...
0: Yeah, that people kind of look down their noses a bit on the kind of short-haired development. Like, what do you, is there?
2: Well, i wouldn't worry too much i wouldn't worry too much about that because some of the best fly casters in the world use them so uh, um i wouldn't let that i, I would never let anything get in the way of using something that was the most effective to use in a given situation so if i was going to fish on some big massive pool in norway where i have to be casting 40 45 yards well i wouldn't be using an to commander but I, for, for the majority of my fishing we say round the west of Ireland. Well, I'm quite happy using it. And if I have to, if I have to use a longer head in a different situation, if I was maybe in the ridge pool in Belnais, I might use a, 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 a spare line, or I might use a different line. But the ideal thing is to match the line to the situation you're fishing in. Use the most efficient, the most efficient line for a given situation. You know, yeah. and that's yeah. the real. And it gets back to the same thing: keep it, keep it simple, keep it easy. You know, you have enough things to contend with without making things hard for yourself. So you don't want to be on a small river in the west of Ireland with a 64-foot head stay line, and all you have out is the tip, and it's not loading the rod, and you're wondering why why things aren't working too well. So you need to match the line to what you're doing and keep it simple and keep it efficient.
0: Where do you see the next development going in terms of lines or technology, that side of it, like? You know with tackle where do you where does it see it going or any ideas um, like do you, do you see rods getting you know in terms of because even the rod sizes haven't we seen that they're kind of you know we're getting lighter shorter
2: yeah uh, so i i i can remember you know when i was very young starting off with cane rods and thick lines and i've seen the developments of plastic lines double tapers going on to weight forwards and 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 long belly weight forwards and long taper weight forwards and and then the whole progress of lines um i can see this this whole uh, uh, emphasis towards lighter and lighter that will probably that would probably come in and stay more than 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 it is now like historically on the lakes we'll say you know a lot of guys using eight and nine weights right that that was uh, and you know a lot of the time that's all that was available but that that's all changed I, a lot of guys most guys are fishing five and six weights and then a lot of guys are fishing three and four weights in the lakes so the same with salmon fishing you know it was always 10 10 weight and 11 weight 15 foot with big heavy lines that's that those days are nearly gone now completely especially around on the Moy and, and these places most guys are fishing you know seven seven weights not too many even fishing eight nine weights. a lot of fishing seven weights and some going down uh, five and six weights for salmon Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, but in summertime in really low water, we we'll fish in really low, difficult conditions in the moor. We'll take out a nine-foot trout rod and fish a five or six-weight line off it, if, we're, if, if in low water conditions. So that's what you need to be using if t- things are really difficult yeah. and the river is really low. You need to be going out with a trout rod and a five or six-weight line and sneaking around. So you just you just use what. What matches the conditions you're faced with, you know?
0: speaking of conditions, Patty, just to kind of look ahead. Um, you know, we we know in terms of kind of the numbers of salmon, you know, how it's how it's um, you know, been reduced in, in in the last few years. Um going forwards, you know, are you worried about it in terms of salmon numbers? Do you think do you think will we reach will we reach bottom? You know, how do you see it going like?
2: Yeah, well, as I said saying to Tom there a while ago that, you know, I think the grills on the Moy, uh, I have a sort of a feeling that it's gradually, gradually uh, getting better. Uh, the spring one on the Moy and a, and a lot of the rivers <coughs> is, is um, I think, uh, probably not nearly as good as it was. Uh, you know, and I think at some stage, at some stage, we have to say stop and we have to say you know, we have to approach things differently. So, you know, just having, you know, uh, catch and release or whatever up until a certain date in the season doesn't work Uh, because you could have catch and release on the Moy or some other river around the country, uh, catch and release for spring salmon up until the end of June, even after their season is over. The first flood that comes in July, a lot of those fish will come back on the take and they'll they'll be killed then. So uh, there has to be a better way of doing it. So uh, I would say something like uh, uh, the doing. the countries maybe have a size limit, so something equivalent to a five-pound grills, and a fish bigger than this has to be released. I think that would work very well. Uh, a lot of countries, a lot of countries are uh, are minding their salmon stocks better than we are in Ireland, and uh, if we don't. Um, if we don't stop if we don't if we if we don't stop uh killing as many sp- spring fish uh around the country uh well then it's it's going to end you know and uh you know so like it's 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 a there's a happy medium uh uh in some rivers and some rivers the the spring one is uh, it has, uh is a very is, is, is in trouble other rivers is not so much so all i know that in certain rivers where where they're brought in catch total catch and release rivers that were in really bad trouble they have come back very well uh, so uh it does work hmm. uh, a lot of the problems we have in salmon fishing in ireland weren't the, weren't the cause of the anglers uh you know the anglers weren't the cause of bringing the salmon numbers down to where they were uh, the drift nets and the policies you know but i suppose government policies to say that they could trap and niche salmon out in their thousands uh brought the overall numbers of salmon uh down to a very low level <clears throat> that wasn't the angler's fault it was government policy uh but as it as it stands now the angler has some say so they you know I find a lot of, a lot of uh, people are releasing a lot more salmon. That's, that's very, very welcome. Uh, and I think that's, we have to really start thinking about protecting our fish more because when they're gone, uh, they're gone. And there's, you know, if a river gets down to a certain level, if a certain run of fish in a river gets down to a certain level, it might never recover. And there's certain salmon rivers around Ireland that got to that level 30 years ago and they have never recovered. So that can happen to any river, anywhere, and it's up to the, the powers that be to sort of ensure that it doesn't happen around Ireland. Mm,
1: I think that's very true, very true. Actually, when we're on about it there, just that you mentioned, because I wanted to ask you, any idea what's the, the amount of rock caught salmon on the Moy in a year? I know it's kind of hard to tell all the place. Can, but it can vary, it can yeah, it can
2: vary. So at most years, uh, the, has uh, the highest number catch in the country. So most years, uh, we say if there's about 8,000 salmon caught in the Moy, There'll be something roughly around, you know, 4,000 caught in the Blackwater as the next best river. But it can vary in the Moy, Anthony, between 5,000 up to 10 or 12,000. Uh, it can vary from year to year. So if you were in around the 7,000, 8,000 would be sort of an average year. And... Ten or eleven thousand would be a good year, and less than that would be would be classed as a poor year. It's phenomenal. It is, yeah, and yeah. a, a lot a lot of those fish are killed. And uh, mm. whereas you know, we're not at the level of of total, uh, you know, it. There needs to be more fish released because it, uh, even though the grillstone is holding up, and even though the, I think the grillstone is increasing slightly, uh, the angling pressure is 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 starting to build up again. you know, there's uh, a lot more anglers out. The spring run needs to be protected more uh so yeah it's 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 a it's a wild resource and it's, uh i think we have a certain duty to our children or to our grandchildren or the people come after us to say that well you know what do we do or what do we say you know to protect these fish uh, for the for the generations to come you know mm-hmm. uh we have no god-given right to um to bring them to a level where they're gone for our children or our grandchildren you know
0: Hundred percent, no, hundred percent, Yeah, very much. Final question uh, we ask everyone, Paddy. on this is: What was your most memorable fish? Um, not necessarily the biggest, not your PB. Well, I, I
2: actually, I, 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 I was asked that question last year, and uh, I won't mention this guy's name, right? <laughs> uh, uh, I won't mention this guy's name, but he was actually quite a famous. It was quite a famous uh, Scottish uh, salmon angler, and. Uh, He was, he had only a few weeks to live and he he was fishing on the river Eastgate. And uh, he caught his last salmon on the sand hole on on Fortland Fishery in the And the fish was 14 pounds weight. And uh, he died two weeks later. That was it. That was my most memorable fish.
0: It's uh, a nice, nice. Nice memory to have though for
2: It was yeah. It was it was very special for him and it was very special for me. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, it was great that you were there with him for that. Yeah. Yeah, it was super. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Lovely. And isn't that what it's like about paddy though, isn't it? It's it's the, the experiences with the people. You yeah, know, it's, you know, it's, it's back in kind a of fish life, you know.
2: Yeah, it's it's you know it's it's salmon fishing as you know it's, it's often being said it means a lot of different things to to people uh, or whatever and. You know, people get different types of enjoyment or different aspects of salmon fishing and uh, I suppose as Tom knows all we can do uh, as, as fishing guides or whatever is to try and and help people enjoy it as much as they can and squeeze every last bit of enjoyment they can out of it you know
0: yeah. exactly make the most of it as you say. make the most
2: of it yeah for yeah. sure
0: well Paddy McTonnell uh best look for for the season mm-hmm. um and uh for hopefully more fish and more anglers coming over <laughs> post-COVID, <laughs> making hopefully, the most of yeah. it, you know, and uh, thanks again for your time. Cheers, guys.
1: All the best. All right, thanks to Paddy MacDonald for joining us on the show. And don't forget to rate, review, and follow the Ireland on the Fly podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.
0: Plus, you can keep up to date on on Irelandonthefly.com as well as on Instagram and myself and Tom will be back with another episode about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland.